she was connected to 600 people on LinkedIn, I think. Not very many thinking, oh my God, I suddenly need to get to 6,000. It's easier to look at other people who've got 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 LinkedIn followers and think, oh my God, that's where I need to be. But if we look at her profile, she was connected to 500 of her ideal customer, 600 of her ideal customer. Each of those would have bought and built a new website once every five years, which means just this month that 10 people were in the market in her existing network looking to build a new website. Again, if she had deeper connections with each of those relationships, which she now does, you know, and she's actually converting a lot more. Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Your host, Mark McGinnis, Australia's number one social seller, author of Tactical Pipeline Growth and B2B Sales Trainer, brings you expert opinion, tactics, and discussion to help you get more out of your time on social. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, we speak with Tim Hyde, who is the founder and chief fixer of Win More Clients. Tim's also Australia's leading authority on marketing automation. He was literally in social media marketing before social media was really a thing. He's a specialist in helping business owners and entrepreneurs of small and medium-sized organizations get their time back by helping them install repeatable marketing systems and processes into their business. This episode is a much deeper look on the marketing side than any of our previous episodes. So if you're a salesperson looking for a your usual quick-fire social selling strategies or techniques, I might be a little bit disappointed on this one. However, if you're a marketer, a business owner, or an entrepreneur, then you're really going to enjoy this chat with Tim. This will be right up your alley. Tim shares with us why we need to stop thinking about marketing as a constant grab for new leads and new connections and how we should be trying to deliver and build a deeper level of relationship with those we already know, those who are our ideal clients and who know who we are. Of course, I won't leave you empty-handed. There are some great social strategies towards the end as well. I'm absolutely delighted with how the podcast has been received over the last couple of weeks, and I have to thank all of you lovely listeners. I really do appreciate all the efforts you're going to, and it really is a special time. We are still in growth mode, and if you find this podcast of any value, it would be very helpful if you could continue to tell your friends, colleagues, and your network about the Best of Social Selling podcast. Now, let's jump across to this week's episode with Tim Hyde. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. Today, we have Tim Hyde from Win More Clients. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Very well. Thanks for coming on. So, Tim is not only the founder, but the chief fixer of Win More Clients. And Win More Clients is one of those business names that I wish I'd thought of. I was smart enough to grab that myself, but Tim's got that. So well done there. And he's Australia's leading authority on marketing automation. He's a specialist in helping small and medium-sized organizations get their time back and installing repeatable marketing systems and processes into business. So Tim, what does all that mean? Basically means I find and fix the holes where all the clients leak out. Oh, I love that. What a great way to describe it. So let's jump in. Give us some context, Tim. So please, a little bit about yourself and about Win more clients. Mate, um, I'll be happy to. So win more clients really came around off the back of my last business, which I ran for 14 years from 99 to 2000, end of 2013, uh, which was a community journalism site called the Riot Act. Now, Riot Act came about 
because I had got together a bunch of mates and we saw these these boxes that we now sit in front of every single day as being the new means of communication for, for people. And we built a community journalism site, what we now effectively know as social media. And this is back in the day where social media wasn't a word and digital marketing weren't things that people knew about. And the problem I kept seeing with my clients over that time was not only that they didn't have a mature marketing strategy, that, uh, particularly in the digital space, they just kept dropping opportunities. And so we'd send thousands of click-throughs and leads off to, off to these companies who didn't, didn't convert them and would come back and say, hey, it's not working. And I thought, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to find out why they're not taking these opportunities further. Why are they, you know, what's happening in this space? And obviously, it was very different from traditional advertising channels. But the more I looked at it, the more I saw similarities that the companies were just leaving so many opportunities on the table every single day. And I, I set up myself the goal of trying to fix that for people in you know, a business, I think should be much easier than it really is. And we make it hard by leaving those opportunities behind. Interesting. So can you give us an, an example that's going to be easy for people to visualize what that might look like? If we put it in context, imagine spending a bunch of money on some advertising, say it generates 5,000 clicks. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, you have no clients. But that's like having 5,000 people come into your office or into your shop front, take a look around, and then all leave without buying anything. Now, there's a couple of things that could be wrong in this scenario. Either they're the wrong people that came in in the first place. There was some incongruency between what brought them in and what the message you are putting across to them in your storefront. Or there's something wrong with your process by either capturing them because they're not quite ready to buy from you or your sales process that actually says, well, now that I've got you in my, in my shop, you know, why aren't you buying from me? You know, so that's what I looked at and I thought, you know, this this has got to be a better way than it is. Okay, yeah, I like the way you've just phrased that up there. And so when more clients, did that start in 2013? So when more clients started in 2014, I basically off the back of, back of the Riot Act work I was doing there, I just had a bunch of clients come back to me and say, hey, you know that, you know that stuff you were telling us about? <laughs> <laughs> Can you come in and uh, and do a bit more work with us on that? And I think one morning, I don't know, it must have been 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, I thought, what am I going to call this thing? I'd gone with eight months without business cards, just word of mouth, people saying, hey, can you can you come and help us? And uh, one morning I woke up in the middle of the night and and I uh, thought, what am I going to call this thing? And I came into my office at the other end of the house and got my big whiteboard, which I love, and just wrote a bunch of words on it and I thought, oh, let's let's give this a go. Now, Totally get it, right? If you've ever tried to name a business before, it's not, not always the easiest thing to get the combination of name and, and domain and everything all together. And I was lucky enough to try this and go, wow, that's not taken. And so at 3.15 in the morning, I found myself between business registrations and buying domains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so you're right. Like naming your own business is very difficult. Like it's a hard thing to do, let alone, you know, I mean, if you're in the marketing space and you've got a business name as as awesome as win more clients, you know, everyone, you're already winning. That's right. Literally. Half yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's right. You know, I, I just want to reflect what you said there, you know, about people coming in and, you know, you've got the wrong people coming to your store. The message that brought them to the store is um, incongruent or doesn't match what they thought, you know, or they're not ready to buy. There's a lot of similarities there between people's social media profile. You know what I mean? Like, so if people's profile doesn't talk to their perfect clients, people won't, won't interact with you, you know, and, and in a lot of cases, people on social media don't have the right people to so the wrong people in their network. They just connect with people at random, not really, 
not having a strategy at all. And I think that's a big failing for a lot of people because you can only talk to the people in the store, to use your analogy. Interesting. I use some of those that language as well. Yeah, like I think that's, that's absolutely true. We can put a bunch of cat memes on our page and attract a whole bunch of people who like cats. <laughs> Unless we're selling something related to cats, you know, there's this, again, there's this incongruent message. Yeah. And I see this all the time with people's strategy. We've either, you know, we've got the wrong bait or the wrong pond. Yeah. Now, assuming we're in the right pond and, and the people you want to talk to are there, if you're not putting the right content out, you're not putting the right call to actions out, you're not putting content that's interesting to them and solves some of their problems or excites them or entertains them, we have this disconnect when it actually comes to this point of sale, this next step in that, in that customer life cycle. So what about the social space? Where do you see most of the challenges for your clients and what sort of mistakes they're making and what sort of things do you prescribe that they do or you know, that sort of thing? I think depth of conversation is, is a big one I see in the social space. What do you mean by that? We make these connections. Um, it's a bit like, I guess, our personal lives. If I went to a bar and, and, and chatted to 500 women, I'd probably expect to take none of them home. But if I had developed a relationship with one of them, I can expect to maybe in some point in the future to have 10 kids. But too often we either start with a 10-kid conversation and then it never goes further than that, or we just say hi and never progress that relationship any further. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we're so focused in the marketing space on quantity rather than quality? Probably, again, it's just hard work, to be honest. It's, it's very manual in the social space. Even if we look at our advertising, you know, if we, we're doing our advertising budgets in, a, in the social space, you know, we'll try one ad or two ads and, and that's it. We don't try 320 different ad sets and, and combinations to see which one is the best optimized. And we have the technology now to do these sorts of things. If I look at how my team operate my social channels, we have a, you know, a series of scripts that's executed over three months of conversation. And after that, it then goes back to people every two to three months for the next two years to develop that relationship. Now, what I know is that if I'm connecting to the right people in the first place, right? So that again, the right people in the right, the right pond, you know, 85% of my ideal customer, and I'll put them in sort of, you know, little air quotes here. If I'm connecting to my ideal customer, 85% of those people will have my, the problem that I solve in the next two years. Now, if I'm top of mind when they have that problem, they're more likely to get a sales opportunity and buy from me than look elsewhere because I'm just making their life easy. They go, I know Tim does that marketing automation stuff. I know he does that CRM stuff. I know we need to get organized right now. He's the guy I'm going to go to because I know, like, and trust him. But too often when we look at our social media strategies, again, it's just a game of numbers. So I connect to lots of people and maybe throw some content out. Theoretically, they'll see it, right? They'll trust me. That's it. And, you know, and they'll buy from me. But it doesn't really work like that because they're not, they're not seeing our content regularly enough. You know, we know the organic reach on Facebook right now is at probably an all-time low. LinkedIn starting to be the same. Personal conversations, that cuts through all of that. So what struck me then was there actually doesn't sound like a lot of difference between those two examples that you shared. But, you know, the way that you said them indicated that there was. Yeah, they're pretty similar. I mean, there's not, marketing is not a, it's not rocket science, really. It's go to the place where your people hang out, where your customers hang out, right? Start conversations with them for long enough that they become interested in what you do. Offer them some form of conversion tool, lead magnet, whatever. Some will want to buy from you straight away. Others won't. So manage that relationship until such time as they want to buy. And then make sure you deliver in a way that they go, wow, that was really cool. I'm going to tell other people about it. 
doesn't sound very difficult at all, but so many of us get it wrong. I think it's because we don't have the diligence to have that length of relationship. Right. Okay. And that's where that's the, that's the biggest key. I think is we're not just having a long enough relationship with people because we've, we're living, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, we've lived in a, a very consumer driven society. You and I, Mark, we both, we both grew up with TV where, you know, yelled at us every 15 minutes to say, sit on the, sit on the couch, buy this today. Now I'm not ready to buy that today. And I'm going to forget about it until I see enough repetition. But again, if we look, if we parallel this to our, how we build our personal relationships with our significant other, with our friends, we don't buy on the first date, right? We build a relationship until it becomes inevitable that they buy. Hey, let's take a quick break and take care of a little bit of business. We'll be right back. Video messaging is huge right now. Mark reports his very best message response rates are coming from video messaging and Mark chooses to use Bonjuro as his video message supplier. Because Bonjuro is now a supporter of the Boss Podcast, they have given listeners a massive 20% off any of their plans. Simply add Boss20 at the checkout. That's B-O-S-S-2-0. Give Bonjuro a go and increase your response rates by 300%. Go to Bonjuro.com. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. Okay, let's get back into the podcast. You know, when you're talking about, you know, having deeper conversations, having a deeper relationship with your clients, how does that work in the market? What does it look like in the marketing space? So I get that when you're saying we're not just going to send out a whole bunch of messages to everyone and hope that something fits. Clearly, that doesn't work. So we're going to segment our audience in a particular way so that we're talking to our ideal clients. And I love that term. That's a term that I use. How do we start a deeper conversation? What does that look like? Yeah, I think this is where we sort of start to map out what that conversation looks like rather than just make it up. And we look, we do this inherently anyway when we talk to people, but we start to use, you know, behavioral, the behavioral targeting, you know, and this is where marketing automation becomes really powerful for us in that we can sort of say, look, if you click on this link, do this thing. If you click on that link, do something else. If you don't click on any link or open an email, you know, do something else again. And we can track this behavior and we can predetermine what the path that a customer is going to take to get through different things. If I know that I've, you've visited, you've opened four emails and you've watched my webinar and you've, you know, visited the sales page of my website, you're a pretty hot prospect. But I need to be tracking and observing that behavior that you might be doing in order for me to then decide the next appropriate response. Now, this takes time and it takes resources to put into place. But when we do, we now got this more repeatable process because I know the next person who comes in and clicks on those four emails and watches the webinar and so on is at the same point in my marketing journey or my, my customer journey, the point where they're also ready for us to have a sales conversation. Right. Okay. So, and then at that point, you would suggest like calling them up on the telephone or something like that? Pick up the phone and call them. I've got, uh, I've got one that someone jumps onto my sales page. If they haven't purchased within three minutes, I'll <laughs> It'll send me a text message to say, hey, Mark's on your sales page. You might want to give him a call. Now, naturally, the call to you, Mark, is like, hey, Mark, how you going? <laughs> right, just thought about you. And, of course, you're like, oh, my God, Tim. <laughs> I was just on your sales page. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like magic. Okay, so a question without notice. I don't think I asked you, prepared you for this, so feel free to knock me back. I'd be really interested. Somebody in your space with your level of expertise, what does your social media program look like? Yeah, good question. Good question. 
I've actually got one of my team who specializes as our community manager and it's her her role is to reach out to our ideal our ideal community or our ideal sort of target profile uh, wherever they happen to be whether they be a LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever they happen to be right she connects with those then starts having a bit of a conversation obviously we're going to just establish a bit of a rapport first up we might comment on something they're doing on their profile you know, and it's not necessarily all at once. It might be over a couple of weeks that we have this conversation. Can I just butt in there? Is that you as an organisation or Tim? Both me and my organisation. So I'll do it and, and my team will do it on my behalf as well. At a certain point, we'll say, hey, look, you know, tell me about what's going on in your world, what's going on in your business. If it's a good fit for what it is, we'll invite them into our community. Right? So we have a, a private Facebook group on Facebook called the Marketing Automation Lab that we'll invite people into if it's a good fit to solve their problem. So we'll say something like, hey, that's really interesting. We talk about, or Tim talks about a lot of that over in the Marketing Automation Lab. Would you like to come and join us? If the answer is yes, fantastic. They come into our community. All right, we'll offer them a lead, you know, another resource when they come in. So we've got a nine-point automation roadmap that people can grab as they come into our community. We'll invite them in for a call if they want to jump on a call to work out a bit of a plan. Right? And that's obviously people who are ready right now. They jump into our sales process. Those who aren't, we'll come into, we'll, they'll come into our group. We'll ask them a couple more questions about what they're interested in. We segment our community based on what they're interested in. So when I put content up related to something that they're interested in, so it might be um, you know, uh, on, on marketing automation strategy. If I'm doing a post about marketing automation strategy, we'll tag the people who have said they're interested in that in that post. Okay, so how long do you – so this sounds like it's, it's what I would call a nurture, a bit of a nurture, social media nurturing program. Yes. How long do you hold people in there for? Uh, until they opt out. So, so as long as they, they possibly can bear, bear to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reason why I ask that is because I think there's a – you know, as soon as we say things like automation, marketing automation, sales automation, people's minds – automatically move to efficiency, right? They start thinking about efficiency, um, effectiveness, you know, and along with that, they think speed. And this is, I think so many people miss the mark here and and gives all of us a really bad name is because they go, hang on a second, if I can just automate a bunch of processes, and what they do is they automate it to the point where they take away the interaction piece. Mm. So it's like, you've clicked on my link, oh, now I'll just send you a coupon to buy something. And it's like two interactions and you're like, hang on, I'm not ready to buy yet. And then, of course, the business owner is sitting there thinking, well, hang on, I've done everything right. I've got them, you know, they've been come to my website to download a white paper. They've downloaded the white paper and then I've called them up straight away and offered them a coupon and no, nobody wants to buy. Mm. This marketing automation, you know, this sales automation thing doesn't work. Well, I think the, the mistake there that, that uh, you know, other than speed also implies impersonal and yes. it, it shouldn't. And automation just means efficiency and, and systemization. It doesn't necessarily mean impersonal. So if it if it be appropriate that we send an email, you know, like your movie tickets, for example, mm-hmm. fine. Okay, let's send your movie tickets via via an email. If you need a reminder to say, hey, look, just quick quick text message, your your haircuts tomorrow. You know, it might be appropriate to use an SMS. If it's appropriate to pick up the phone and call someone, raise a task in the business to call somebody. You know, and inject that personalized personalized experience at that particular point. Yeah, so you're not an advocate of removing the personal interaction completely. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. So how are you going with text messaging? Are you having any luck with that? 
as a lead generation tool? Are you using it all? It's more not necessarily as a direct lead generation tool. I use it as part of my bigger process. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that's just a mark question without notice there. I'm interested. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We've all got used to, you know, the hairdresser example is a great one. You know, I donate blood regularly and you get the text message, hey, Mark, you know, we'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, that sort of thing. And we're all very comfortable with that. And then, of course, there was that big stink, I think, at the last election when one of the major parties sent out a couple of hundred thousand text messages and people were complaining that they were being invaded by text messages that they didn't want. (laughs) At the moment, at least in Australia, text messages aren't covered by the Spam Act. Yes. Oddly enough, in, in the Middle East, certainly in Abu Dhabi, you get more penetration from email than you do text messaging. Which is in- it's that right. That's right. I love that. Again, it's about picking that appropriate means of communication. So it's just communicating, whether it be personal, whether it be email, whether it be a text, whether it be a social media message. It's finding an appropriate means of communication based on where that prospect is in your customer journey. Right. So do you go across all platforms? You know, do you do Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc.? I don't use Twitter myself. My team sort of solely focus on LinkedIn and Facebook. Yep. We have been looking at Instagram only because I've got a bet with my son to see if we can get to a thousand Instagram followers first. He has an eight hundred, you know, follower head start. <laughs> but are you putting your marketing automation machine behind yourself? I might have, I might have to do that just so, uh, just so I win the bet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it's rigged. I have. <laughs> Come on, I have given him a fair head start. He might still. Yeah, <laughs> You've got to focus, you know, based on the resources that you've got available to us, focus on where your customer is, your prospect is most likely to respond to you. We're not doing all social media channels for the sake of doing all social media channels and suddenly thinking that's the right strategy yep. to, you know, every business has scarce resources and we've got to employ them their best to use. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people really miss that point. So just, can you just say that again, just absolutely succinctly? Yeah, sure. I was saying that every business has a limited set of resources. You know, one of those resources is money. The other one is time. We've got to make a, a pretty firm assessment about where those resources are best deployed to get the outcome that we want to get. Yep. So concentrate on the platform where your clients are most likely to be. That's right. Yep. This information's out there. Right? You can go onto Facebook and find out Facebook's user profiles. You can go into LinkedIn and say who's on LinkedIn, right? You can find this information out there. You just need to do a Google search for it. And you can do a pretty rough and ready Google search to get a a fair idea of where you need to be spending your time and money. Hey, let's take a quick break and take care of a little bit of business. We'll be right back. If you need more conversations with your ideal buyers or to simply sharpen your prospecting skills, check out Mark's latest book, Tactical Pipeline Growth. Is a complete prospecting guide. It outlines step-by-step the process to build a strong and healthy pipeline. Mark has included a huge amount of valuable sales material, such as templates, call and email scripts, the best cadence plans, as well as social selling templates for you to use and start prospecting straight away. Tactical Pipeline Growth is available from Amazon or directly from www.markmc.com. Okay, let's get back into the podcast. So thinking about LinkedIn, which is the predominant platform, small, medium-sized businesses, what are some of the things that they should be doing right now? What are tactics you like? The tactics I really like, a couple of things. Obviously, you've got to wear the suit, right? So you have to make your profile look like that you can solve your customers' problems. Um, Too often, I still see LinkedIn profiles looking like glorified CVs. Now, that was fine back in the early noughties when LinkedIn was first 
sort of thrown up, but it doesn't work for business owners or, or for salespeople. We've got to put our, write our whole LinkedIn profile in the context of I solve a problem. And if you're looking at my profile, you're looking at my profile because you're interested in the problem that I can solve. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but I can solve a problem and we've got to put it in that context. The second thing I think we need to be doing is creating relevant content that demonstrates our expertise. I'm a huge fan of video content. You'll see me doing video content a lot. And video content does a couple of things over written content. And firstly is you actually get to see who I am and get a sense of what I'm like. And podcasts are a great, you know, great tool for that same reason, right? You get to hear and, and speak to and get to know, you know, the, the person that you're engaging with. And so that's why I'm a really, real fan of video content. Now, obviously, it means you can't necessarily sort of outsource that to your, your copywriter to always write the stuff, but video content's fantastic. And you'll see me do lots of video content. Third thing we need to be doing is engaging with anybody who engages with our content. Too often we don't do this. You know, we just put content out and someone says, great post or that was really interesting or, you know, here's my number one takeaway. But then we forget to acknowledge that as well. So not only are those a great prospects, what we're forgetting that in this global village we're now in, everyone else who sees you engage and how you engage with someone who gives you feedback is almost more important than the person you're talking to directly. Yes. Yeah. So I know, for example, on LinkedIn, there's the, you know, a rule that says something like only 10% of people on LinkedIn are actually going to interact, whether that be posting content, liking, whatever. And the remainders, the remaining people are, are lurkers. Lurkers. Yeah. Yeah. And which is a commonly used, very common used word. Is that an official marketing term? I'm not sure. Oh, it's my official marketing term. I reckon 10% generous, to be honest. So if it's 10% or 5%, but you know, that means for every person that likes or comments, there's 10 more people watching your reaction. So whilst I might not like you, Tim, or you're not my perfect customer, you know, there's nine people out there. Some of them will be. Um, so then I need to make sure that I'm providing some reciprocity because if you've liked my content or you've provided some commentary, I need to re- return the favour. Right? Yeah. Look, it's, it's more time intensive, more resource intensive, but the deeper level of engagement we do, the more likely we are to be seen. So if I lurk, you can't see me. I'm a, I have a, a social media influence pyramid I developed years ago um, off the back of my work with the Riot Act. But at the top of the, top of the, top of the funnel is the thought leader. Right? They're the person who's creating original content. They have the most influence over everybody else. Second down from that is people who share. You know, sharing is a little bit easier than creating original content and you will get some influence for sharing and maybe adding value to other people's thought leadership. Now, that can be a supportive position. It can be a contrarian position. It doesn't really matter. We'll be seen to engage with the expertise in our particular sector. Next down from that is comments. So if you comment on something, not only will you be seen, you know, your little photo will be seen, your business title will be seen, your little tagline will be seen, but also, you know, the value that you bring in that comment is also seen by everybody who shares it, comments, likes, and lurks on that content, right? If we just like a thing, yes, our photo's there, but I don't really have a huge amount of influence over everybody else. So again, that's easier to do. It's very easy to just go and like, 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 like but we don't have a huge amount of influence. And obviously, if we just lurk, we have no influence at all. So number three A almost is don't be a lurker. Don't be a lurker. <laughs> so I would, I would absolutely encourage you, whenever possible, add value by commenting on the content that you're engaging with. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I wish more people would do it. As somebody that posts content every day, I love it when people comment on 
my content. You know, I've got the notification. I'm, I'm waiting for people to do that so that I can reach out to them. So if, you know, if you're worried, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't want to be bothering people, I'm not comfortable, that's what content creators are waiting for. That's the whole reason why people are sharing it. So don't, don't, be, don't be too shy. Yeah, we, we, we love it. Okay. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're going to buy from us either. Okay. No, that's like, yeah. So you're not going to go into the, into the funnels. So video content, I want to go back a little bit to two. So that's your favorite, and I love it. The reasons why you, ex- you said that you like it is the same reason that I like it, because it gets to people to see my face. You know, I'm not the world's smoothest talker. I'm not the best, as you can hear. You know, so heads for podcasts, you're saying? <laughs> so I like to get you know, this content out there so people know the way that I, I talk and the way that I present. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not super motivational. You know, I'm not the perfect, perfect pitch guy. But I also find video content doesn't rate as well as some of other stuff. So I've really gone away from it. What do you... You know, am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? What What are your thoughts there? Well, two schools of thought. Yeah, obviously, engagement's important, but I'm less about numbers of engagement and more about quality of engagement. So I know if someone watches my video, they're more engaged than someone who just, again, flicks over a bit of written content and doesn't necessarily read the whole thing. So again, it's really just quality versus quantity, isn't it? You know, so yeah. stop stop trying to get so many views and concentrate on getting the right views from the right person. That's right. You know, I'd prefer 100 clients than... 10,000 followers. Yeah. So I did a podcast with a guy called Joe Applebaum. I got in trouble for pronouncing his name wrong, so that's why I was being careful. Sorry, Joe, I'll probably just butchered it again. And he said he wants, he doesn't want 10,000 connections. He wants 1,000 connections and he wants these 1,000 connections to see him 1,000 times a year. Yeah. Is that sort of the same as what you're talking about? It is. It is. You know, we don't need, you know, we don't need 100 clients. We need one customer. I don't need, you know, we need one customer 100 times. A really good example of this, I was, a client of mine I had uh, last year, year before, a uh, web developer, right? Um, doing, you know, eight to 10 sites a year, around ten to $15,000 per site. So, you know, reasonable sort of quality sites, not, not sort of just slap them up and, and off she goes. She was connected to 600 people on LinkedIn, I think. Mm-hmm. Not very many thinking, oh, my God, I suddenly need to get to 6,000. It's easier to look at other people who've got 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 you know, LinkedIn followers and think, oh, my God, I need to be, that's where I need to be. But if we looked at, at her profile, she was connected to 500 of her ideal customer, 600 of her ideal customer. Each of those would have bought and built a new website once every five years, which means just this month that 10 people were in the market in her existing network looking to buy, you know, looking to build a new website. Yeah. Again, if she had deeper connections with each of those relationships, which she now does, and absolutely smashing it you know and she's actually converting a lot more because it's making her sales process easier because those people just want to go look i know you like you i trust you just make my job easy just take care of it for me please and we do that as business owners right we do that as as individuals you know we just go to someone who we trust and say couldn't be bothered you know getting three quotes and and all this other sort of nonsense and doing the research to see if this is the best solution i know you'll look after me please take care of it yeah yeah and asking you as a business owner tim who are your favorite clients? You know, they're the ones you've had for five years because they just come back. They're easy to deal with. You've got that level of, of trust, if you like, that level of, yeah. of rapport. Well, even if you look at the people that you've worked with for that long, again, that's the people you, you know they're going to do the work. They know you're going to deliver the outcome that you're looking for. It may not necessarily be the best in the world outcome, but it's, it's you know, it ticks the box and you like them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, we've spoken a lot about ideal clients, you know, like working with your ideal clients. And I think a lot of people miss that when they start building their network on LinkedIn. So they connect with either everybody 
and anybody, or they connect with too few people. You know, what I ask people to do is to figure out what their ideal persona or their ideal client profile looks like on LinkedIn using their LinkedIn filters, you know, so where are they located? Are they all going to, you know, do you have the kind of product or service that needs to be delivered in this country, you know, in Australia, for example, or is it even tighter than that? Are you just within Canberra or within Sydney CBD? And then what else can you select? So if you use Sales Navigator or even regular LinkedIn, and then do a search on first connections and see what percentage of your network is your ideal client. And I call that your network strength. And I advocate people to delete anybody that's not in that ideal network and try and find more people to put inside your network so that your strength rating comes up and try and look to try and boost that percentage as high as possible. Yeah, it just means that when you are putting out content, it's going to people who you actually want it to go to. Yeah, as much as my mum likes me, she's not interested in the latest sales strategies for a B2B software, I can tell you that much. (laughs) 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 She's not going to engage with anybody on on LinkedIn. So I think the last part of the, certainly the last part of my LinkedIn strategy is just to connect to and and have conversations with with people, which is what we're talking about now. And if you don't have those conversations, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. I do remember uh, another one I connected to. Again, someone who commented on post and I said, okay, look, thanks for thanks for commenting. Really love to know what your biggest takeaway from that was. Uh, and he was a young man from Egypt who said, uh, I'm not sure why you're asking me this, Tim, but my biggest takeaway was potatoes, seafood, cola and um, cake or something. <laughs> lost in translation. Was lost in translation, but funny nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, that's great stuff. So, mate, let's bring this to the end. So you've given us a couple of great strategies there, but I'd like to ask everybody two things. Social media from for a B2B business perspective, do you think we've seen the very best of it or is there still better times to come? I think there's still better times to come. Why? I think we're just going to see a, a maturation of, of people's strategies, a maturation of, of the platforms as well. You know, we've seen Facebook, particularly around groups, be pretty pretty stable for a, for a while. And as, as these platforms get better about what it is they do and deliver the thing that they want to their audiences, which is engagement, we're going to learn to use those tools a lot better as well. Okay. And then I would normally ask if you one thing for a salesperson, but sales or marketers listening to, to this um, episode, they took one thing out of our conversation today. What would you like that one thing to be? Don't have 10 kids on your first date. That's uh, that's perfect, perfect advice. Okay, Tim, so if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably easiest way to get in contact, Mark, head on over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. A couple of uh, links on that page. You can get in touch with me, book a call or, or grab some resources there as well. The other one might, people might find interesting. I've got a bunch of resources up on website. People are more than welcome to grab a hold of. That's at winmoreclients.com.au forward slash resources. So either of those two pages, you can grab some good stuff and uh, happy to help. Okay. And what about social media wise? Do you welcome connections or followers? Or- I do indeed. But uh, yeah, just go to that winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect page. There's links to both my LinkedIn and my Facebook profiles on there so people can. And of course, Instagram so that you can beat your son. Oh, yeah. Gee, I've got a bit better for my Instagram page <laughs> on there as well. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim Hyde from Winmore Clients, Marketing Automation Specialist Guru. Thanks for joining us on the Boss Podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Mark. Please help others just like you find this podcast by spreading the word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you source your podcast. Thank you for listening to the Boss Podcast. 
Join us next time for even more tactics, discussion, and ideas to help you improve your social outreach.